Well, uh, today I am so excited uh, to have my friend Devon Franklin back with us again. He's here last year. You know, Devon is just an outstanding individual all around. He was one of the youngest executive producers in Hollywood, uh, worked for Columbia Pictures, worked for Will Smith, then went out on his own and formed, C uh, he's now the CEO of Franklin Entertainment. He's had multiple blockbuster movies, including Miracles from Heaven, uh, that came out, what, a year ago, two years ago? Um, he's got another one coming out that's going to be really cool, an, uh, a, a, an animation of the Christmas story told from the perspective of the, of the animals that's coming out this fall. Should be great. Uh, he's also a New York Times best-selling author, wrote the book Produced by Faith, another one, The Weight, with his wife and actress Megan Good, about talking about how to, how to find and keep the love of your life. And today he's going to be speaking on his new book coming out in September, The Hollywood Commandments. You know, here at Gateway, we love to help you figure out how faith intersects with real life. And today, Devon is going to talk about how faith and success in the marketplace aren't contradictory, they work together. So would you help me welcome Devon Franklin? Good morning, Gateway. Okay, wait a minute. Y'all sound like you're the 930 service, for real. Uh, anybody just excited that God woke you up this morning? Anybody just excited? Come on, do it. The South or Central? South, are you excited God woke you up this morning? Central, are you excited? What about here at the North Campus? Do you believe that God is who he said he is? Don't praise me. Praise your God. Give your God a hand praise. Are you? See, here's the thing. You think it was your iPhone that woke you up this morning. Some of you think it was your Android, but let me tell you something. If you woke up and you can understand the words that are coming out of my mouth, that means God sent a message to your brain to tell your lungs to breathe, to tell your heart to pump blood. And I'm sorry, if you can't get excited about being awake today, then there's nothing else I can tell you that might help you get to where God wants you to be. See, you have to understand something. And I'm sorry, when I come to Gateway, I get excited. Why? Because I live and I work every day in Hollywood. Okay, and I work in a town where people love celebrity. Okay, and they see a celebrity and they go crazy. Last week I was in the studio with Mariah Carey. She just did a song for my next film. And the moment she walks in the studio, guess what? Everybody says, oh, Mariah Carey, Mariah Carey. But why is it that people get more excited to see celebrity than they do to see God when they come in his house? I don't know who I'm talking to right now. Please don't let Hollywood steal your praise. So can we just take 30 seconds, Gateway? I want you to thank God right now for what you believe he is going to do in your life. Praise him right now. Just thank him. 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 I want you to go into your future. And once he answers your prayer, give him a down payment of praise yeah. on the answered prayer. Who am I talking to? <laughs> Don't play with me, Gateway. Give your God praise. Give your God praise. Give your God praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him honor. Give him praise. Give him praise. Why is this so important? Why is this so important? Because too often we allow the stress that we're going through out there to come in here and what happens is right now no matter where you are in the world the sun is shining 
It's just that sometimes there's a cloud hanging over the atmosphere that blocks the sun. Your stress can be like that. When you bring your stress into the house, God is trying to send you a blessing. But if you allow your stress to block it, you may leave this place the same way you came. And in order to change, sometimes you have to get out of your feelings and get into what God is doing. And that's when you praise. You're breaking through the clouds of your stress in order to feel the blessing that's on the way. Anybody ready for a blessing to come through? So, you know, one of the reasons why, uh, first of all, just give it up for your pastor, Pastor John. I mean, First Lady Kathy, just give it up for him, please. One of the reasons why I was so excited to come and talk with you, first of all, I feel like I am a member of Gateway, all right? You know, I just, I just, I'm so grateful every way, every time I come here, the way you guys treat me, I'm thankful. But one of the reasons why I was so excited, not just to reconnect with family, but because I believe that we are in a time in this culture where it's a time for us, for you to be everything God created you to be. Um, if we had enough time and I had an opportunity to talk to each one of you, I believe that there is an alarm going off in your spirit. What is that alarm? There is something that you are supposed to be doing right now, but instead of answering the alarm, you keep hitting the snooze button. Who am I talking to this morning? The same way when, when you wake up in the morning and, and, and you, you know, I have an iPhone and I hit the iPhone and it gives me nine more minutes to sleep. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you savor those nine minutes because you just want to stay in that sleep position a little bit longer. But what if you've been hitting the snooze on your destiny for much longer than nine minutes? For some of you, it's been nine months. For some of you, it's been nine years. Why do you keep hitting the snooze when you know you're not happy? Many of you, if we had the opportunity to talk, you go to bed with this thing in your spirit because you know that there's something in your life that leads you to be un fulfilled you you, you want to be happy and, and you come into church and you want to be excited but there's something in you that says I need to do more with what I've been given how many can admit right now that you know that there are some things you need to do in your life that you have not yet done come on come on come on some of you got to raise two hands all right some of you raising two feet and wiggling all your toes that's how much you have to do well, well, God sent me here because I believe that too long we have stayed stagnant and not gone after God, what God has called us to do. Anybody familiar with Star Trek? Anybody familiar with Star Trek? All right. There's a new Star Trek uh, series coming on CBS in the fall. FYI, I didn't produce it. That's just a shameless plug. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Captain Kirk in the Star Trek series, every time the show would start, there was a motto. I want you to, we, we, we want to boldly go where no man has gone before. Anybody remember that? Well, if I had one desire for this message for you, it's for you to boldly go where no believer has ever gone before. I believe that there is something in you that the world needs, and until you do it, the world will be robbed of one of its greatest gifts, which is you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to me. He's talking to me. Turn to your other name and say, I, I, I am a gift to the world, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> just say, I, I am a gift to the world, just in case you didn't know. 
But what I have found, what I have found, Gateway, is, is that in order to go further than we've ever gone before, we have to acknowledge where we are. And one of the questions that perplexed me, because I grew up in the church, I grew up as a Christian, one of the things that perplexed me was, will my faith limit my success? Anybody ever been there before? Anybody ever asked that question? And there are a lot of people that come to me for counseling and they say, Devon, I want to be successful. I want to be the best in my industry, but is it okay to be ambitious? Is it okay to be confident? Is it okay to be competitive? I need you to know we serve a God who is competitive. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so we might have life and have it more abundantly. That is the sign of a God who has ambition for his people. And if we are made in his image, why aren't we more ambitious about what he's called us to do? Might I submit for your consideration that you don't have as much time as you think? Ooh, and the church gets quiet. I love it. Oh, I love a quiet church. Because, see, too often we come into church and we're so used to the format of church that we do church, but we don't do change. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. We do church, but we don't do change. Anybody need a change in your life? Anybody need to go to the next level of your life? Just let me ask, anybody just tired of the way you're living? Come on, be honest with me. Real tired. You know there's something different for you. Well, this is the thing about what God has called me to do is he said, Devon, I, I need you to go and do something that might get you kicked out of some churches. <laughs> I said, Lord, well, wait, wait. <laughs> what do you mean get kicked out of some churches? God, I, 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 I like the church. He said, he said, but here's the thing. Unless you challenge them, they will not change. And so as, as a kid growing up in, in, in a Christian environment, growing up in a faith-based environment, I had these dreams, as we talked about the last time I was here, to go to Hollywood, right? Hollywood, one of the most secular environments on the earth. Everybody looks at Hollywood and says, Sodom and Gomorrah, the devil's playground. You can't hold on to your faith. But I would say, what if my destiny is in the most secular environment of the world? Do you mean to tell me that there's a limit to what faith can do? I need to talk to you for a minute. God has called you to be great in whatever field you're in. But until you believe that you're supposed to be the head and not the tail, you may forever stay in the position you're in. Y'all are going to have to help me because every time I talk about this, I get so excited. And I, and I don't mean to get in your business, okay? But, but if I don't get in your business a little bit, you may get, leave this place the same way. See, here's the truth. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. The reality is you are too lazy. Can I say it? You're too lazy. You're too lazy. You're too lazy. There are things that God told you to do in January. We are in July, and you have not done it. Why? Because, oh, you know, I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it next week. Next week has become next year. When are you going to stop and say, no matter what, I'm going to go and do what God called me to do, and I'm going to stop being procrastinate? Who am I talking to this morning? Who is ready to do what God has called you to do? So, so as a kid and, and growing up, I had to say, I believe that I'm supposed to be in this environment and I need to know where can I find a model to help me do it. And I said, God, show me. Am I crazy for pursuing these ambitions? Am I supposed to just say, stay on this side and be safe? Or am I supposed to put myself in uncomfortable positions in order to achieve what was put on my life, which is destiny. 
David says, he says that before the foundation of the earth, God knew us, right? So I need you to know that God knows you. He knows what he put in you. He knows what you have been called to do. And might I submit for your consideration that your true fulfillment will not happen until you do it. Might I also submit for your consideration that not everything he's called you to do, the person sitting next to you is going to know. There are some private things God has told you that even your spouse may not know. Heaven forbid, they may not even agree with it. Does that mean you don't do it? Mmm. And the church is quiet. <laughs> I love it. Why? Because until you begin to do the work where you ask yourself the hard questions, am I doing what I've called to do in this earth? Am I living out the power of my calling? Am I living out the fulfillment of my destiny? Until you ask yourself these questions, you will never experience who God really is. You don't believe me? Let's go to the word. When you look at Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. One of my favorite texts in the whole Bible is the story of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, mind you, these were young Jewish boys that were, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, okay, most secular environment on the earth at that time. He had captured the Israelites, and he wanted a few interns to be offered up into the internship program. And after three years, the top interns would get a job in the king's service, all right? And so here are Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they are the ones that are chosen from the Israelites that had been conquered to get into the internship program. Now, they're spiritual. They, drew up, they grew up in their Jewish faith, and here they are in an internship program in the most secular environment on the planet. Here we go. Now, they were given the king's diet, which was of meat and wine, Okay. And Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we don't eat meat. We don't drink wine. Here is the conflict. Did they, did they go ahead and divorce themselves from doing the job? Or did they say, how do we do the job, but still do it in a way that aligns with what we believe? Ooh, let me talk to you for a minute. How are you handling your job? How do you go into the office? Do you go into the office and say, well, I'll never get promoted. I'll never be the, the head of this division. I'll never be the CEO because of what I believe. Or do you go into the job and say, God, show me how I can do what you called me to do in a way that does not require me to compromise what I believe. You can be wildly successful without losing your faith. I just got to talk to somebody for a minute. See, some, God is just telling me there's somebody in here. You know, literally, you're in a dead-end job right now. Uh, you don't feel happy about where you are. You go into the office with your head hung down, and you just say, God, you know, I, I'm thinking that there's more. I'm hoping that there's more. See, God wants me to talk to that person right now. He says, listen, uh, tomorrow when you go in the job, I, I want you to act like your business card says CEO. I, I want you to go in with your head hung up, and I want you to do this. I want you to just go by the CEO's door before they get in and just rub the knob and say, I claim it. In the name of Jesus, I claim it. I claim it. I claim it. I claim it. Come on. Come on, Gateway. Come on, Gateway. You have not because you ask not. Life and death on the power of the tongue. you you got to have a mentality that says, I'm here to run this place, not to just be run by this place. Who am I talking to right now? 
Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, okay, okay, we, we, we know the requirements of the internship, but we have a conflict because we don't want to compromise our faith to do it. So what did they do? They did not go and recuse themselves from the duty. Too often in this environment, many people of faith, in our community of faith, we think that just because the, the job says do this and we can't do it, that we say, oh, sorry, I can't do the job. But no, no, if God puts you there, he puts you there because he wants you to succeed. Do you realize that God has you where he wants you because he wants you to succeed? No, no, no. I need you to get this in your spirit. Anybody believe that? God wants you to have success. Now, here's what real success is. This is how I define success. Peace. Too often we think of success as just money. It's a part of it. We think of success as just promotion. It's a part of it. But I know people who have promotion, who have money, who have property, who have cars, who have title, but they have no peace. I would argue they are not successful. God wants you to like who looks back at you in the mirror and have peace when you wake up and peace when you go to bed. And I believe you cannot have true peace until you operate in your calling without compromising what he called you to believe. And I'm here to tell you it's possible. It's possible. So, so what did Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do? They went to the official over their division and said, hey, um, we, we are, we're Jewish. We, we eat a vegetarian diet. We actually cannot eat the king's diet. Would you allow us to eat our, our vegetables and water uh, and, and, and still do the job? And the official who God had turned his heart to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he said, listen, I love y'all, but no, sorry, can't do it. Because if it doesn't go right, then I'm going to be the one that's going to pay for it. Can we just stop here for a moment? Let me just give you a little bit of, of wisdom for your job. Um, anybody you work for, they are concerned about their self-preservation. Mm -hmm, now I'm talking to somebody. See, you wonder why you're being so stressed out on the job. It's not because of you. It's because of what your boss is going through. Most of the time, your boss is being stressed out by their boss, and so you get the trickle-down effect of their stress. Who am I talking to? I'm talking to somebody right now. I'm, I'm Literally, I'm delivering somebody right now. Somebody says, yes, Devon, that's right. Hallelujah, Devon, that's right. That's right. How do you know I'm under stress? Because, see, here's the thing. You have to know. You have to know. You have to know that people are concerned about their self-preservation. So if they think that in, in promoting you or helping you is going to hurt their job, they're not going to do it. So Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego experienced this because they went before the official and he said no. Now stop. Most of us would have stopped right there and said, well, I guess God doesn't want me to do the job. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to quit. But Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, just because I got one no does not mean that God has said no over the situation. You got to understand, you have to pursue that yes. You have to keep going after that yes. You have to go after that yes. Let me tell you, some of you have not gotten the yes because you quit too soon. You got to be persistent. You want to make it in this world, you have to keep pushing. You have to keep going. If you believe that God spoke yes over your life, then you have to go find the yes that he has preordained and hid in a situation that you are too afraid to pursue. If God woke you up this morning, that means he is saying Y-E-S over Y-O-U and you need to get this in your spirit. I, 
I'm, I'm tired of us. I'm tired of us. I'm so tired of us. Listen, we, you, you guys come to Gateway. You get great preaching. You get great music. You get, you get a, a great pastor who loves you, who cares for you. You get in the word. The word tells you who you are. So why, when you leave this place, do you not act more like what you know you're supposed to be, who you know you're supposed to be, and operate in the confidence in which you were created? People need to know that not only do you believe what you believe because you say it, but because they can see it. I want you to start going into campuses and into your environment and let everything shift around you because of your belief instead of you trying to shift around it. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but somebody, somebody has got to start believing and living out what you say you believe. So Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't let a no stop them. They persisted. They went to the guard who was over them and said, please test us. Verse 12, chapter 1, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. Oh, boy. They didn't run from the test. They said, please test us. Why are you so afraid to be put to the test? What I believe is that so often in, in our communities of faith, we have been raised in a culture of fear. Ooh. Pastor John, you might want to get the Uber ready for me, okay? Uh, <laughs> Gateway say, what are you talking about, Devon? What do you mean culture of fear? Culture of fear. Again, I, I was raised in the church, and I had these ambitions to go into Hollywood, and what people would say was you cannot go. You're going to lose your faith. I said, but okay, if I'm going to lose my faith, if I'm supposed to, the Bible says, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Turn to your neighbor and say, all things. Turn to your, neighbor, your other neighbor and say, I can do all things. So if I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and my faith is the only thing that makes me acceptable to God, how then should I be afraid to go where I believe God has called me to go? Ooh. Faith and fear fight with one another. You can't be faithful and fearful at the same time. Oh, I'm talking to somebody right now. We've been raised in a culture of fear. So instead of teaching me faith, okay, Devon, if you believe this is where you're supposed to go, here's how you get in that environment and succeed. Instead of teaching me that, they were like, no, no, don't go. Stay here. But what if God has called me out there? No, no, stay here where it's safe. Where, well, how is it that living beneath my calling is safe? Isn't the safety in doing what God called me to do under all circumstances? I'm talking to you right now because some of you, have been trying to play it safe. I'm here to tell you safe is not going to cut it. God did not play it safe when he sent Jesus to die on the cross. That was not safe. He risked it all for us to be everything he called us to be. So why? Why do you think that, oh, if I just stay here and live a nice normal life, everything will be great? It's not great because you're not happy. You're not content and you're not doing what God called you to do. So you have to put yourself in an environment where you can get evidence of what God is calling you to do. So this beware mentality has kept believers for generations behind a line. Anybody ever heard of the beware mentality? Beware. If you go too far, all of a sudden God's power is going to stop. And I said, I don't actually believe that. When I look at the Bible, when I look at Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in Babylon. 
They didn't have a beware mentality. They had a can-do mentality. And what happened? Their supervisor said, yes, after 10 days, you absolutely can do it. But if I see something that does not line up with what it's supposed to be, you're going to pay the price. Don't be afraid to take responsibility for your life right now. <clears throat> Don't be afraid to take responsibility and accountability for your life right now. So they did it, and after 10 days, guess what happened? They weren't weaker. They were stronger. God gave them wisdom. He honored their commitment. They were of a higher caliber of intern than any other internship, any other interns in the internship program. And after three years, they were brought before King Nebuchadnezzar. And what happened? He took them into their service because they were the best. Oh, here we go. I need you to know that God never once spoke against Babylon when Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in it. He didn't say come out of Babylon. He said, when you honor me, I'm going to promote you in Babylon. Mm. See, you are so worried about what people are going to think of you and can you do it. I need you to know that God wants you to be the top of your industry, not just the mid-level or not just the bottom. He wants you to be the top. Okay. So how do you get to be the top? Over the past 20 years, I've worked in Hollywood. And again, in, in communities of faith, you know, when I say what I'm getting ready to say, people want to shut me down, okay? All right, so we're, we're going to be real bold. I'm going to be honest and just see if I can just get through this without some tomatoes being thrown at me, right? All right. The, the church didn't teach me how to be successful. Hollywood did. Why? Because in Hollywood is where I learned how to deal with people. It's where I learned about politics. It's where I learned about how to negotiate deals. It's where I learned how to, how to manifest my calling. The same way Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did in Babylon is exactly what I learned in Hollywood. And after 20 years of tremendous favor, God said, Devon, I want you to teach what you learned in Hollywood to my people. I said, Lord, you're crazy. Hollywood is vilified in the media. So you want me to go before your people with the Hollywood commandments and tell them that there are things I've learned in Hollywood that can help them be successful? He said, yeah, that's exactly what I want you to do. I said, Lord, you don't really care about my success, do you? <laughs> so, so I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to be obedient, okay? And I said, Lord, if I get kicked out of churches, if I get shut down by faith-based media, Lord, I'm going to keep going because I believe that your people need knowledge. The two reasons why we don't pursue what God called us to pursue, one of the reasons is fear, which we've talked about. The second reason is knowledge. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. You need strategy to go along with your secular, your spiritual teaching in order to be successful. You got to take strategy into work. You got to be able to look at situations and say, how do I handle this and navigate this? So let me introduce you to the Hollywood commandments. There we go. <laughs> These are the 10 commandments for life changing success. I want to walk you through them very quickly. Number one, first commandment, your prayers alone are not enough. Oh boy. We might need to get a helicopter to get me out of here. Here's the thing. Too often we pray and that's all we do. Oh, I'm just praying on it. You know, God, I just want you to handle it. But let me tell you something. Faith without works is dead. You have to pray and then get up and prepare for what you just prayed for. Who am I talking to right now? You got to get up and prepare. You got to get up and get ready. You got to pray and say, God, I'm believing you're going to do it. But now I'm going to get up and I'm going to work for it. Too often, we allow our prayers to cover our lack of faith. Mm, how? Because instead of doing, we're afraid to do, so we pray and say, well, if it's God's will. 
Oh, boy, I'm sorry. I'm stepping on toes. Sorry, South. I, I might step on any toes out there. Central, I apologize. But see, we say, oh, if it's God's will. But if Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, hey, if it's God's will, then we're going to be okay. No, they had to put themselves on the line to find out. I need you to start preparing for what you're praying for. That's why you have to man monitor your procrastination. Because if you get up in the morning and you procrastinate, you're not preparing. How well are you researching your industry? How well are you looking at trends? How well are you navigating what's going on right now with where you're working? You have to pray and prepare. Anybody know you got to prepare a little bit more? Who am I talking to? Don't, be, don't get quiet on me. All right, let's go to commandment two. And why don't we go ahead and leave them up for a minute. You are the talent. Now, what this means is you have to believe that you are the talent. And in Hollywood, talent is king. Talent is everything. And too often, you have gone through this life believing you don't have what it takes to make it. But let me talk to you right now. You have exactly what it takes to make it. You have everything in you to do what God has called you to do. So why don't you get up and start acting like it? You've been acting like, oh, one of these days. Today is the day. Why? Because you are the talent. When you look in the mirror, I want you to see the star that looks back at you. Jesus did not create anything less than. You are more than. So you have to start acting like you are the talent. Now, commandment three. You have to carry a crown before you wear one. Oh, everybody wants the throne. Everybody wants the crown. But nobody wants to help someone else build theirs and carry theirs. I started as an unpaid intern for Will Smith when I was 18 years old. No matter how much I wanted to actually have my own crown and operate on my own throne, I had to help somebody carry their crown first. This is the value of service. Your service, how you service on your job, how you service where you work, how you service where you are. If you help someone carry their crown, I promise you, you won't ever have to worry about work a day in your life. Why? Because when you prove yourself to be invaluable to someone else, they're going to want to give you opportunity. You have to carry a crown. This is also one of the things where I talk about virtual mentorship. Uh, one of the people that, you know, I was really, really passionate about in my job, before I even worked for them, I had, they were my virtual mentor. Why? Because I bought all their books. Okay? I, su I supported what they did. You may not have people right now that you can talk to, but in this age of digital media and social media, you can get virtual mentors just by identifying somebody in your field and saying, what are they doing and how do I do that? Commandment number four. You have to know the rules to play the game. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. If you think that there aren't rules to how your job works, you're mistaken. That's why I said earlier, you have to know one of the rules, which is everyone is concerned about their self-preservation. When you know that, it will help you be sensitive to it. And when you're sensitive to it, you position yourself for success. Every job that you're in has rules of engagement. Number five, God is hiding in your gut. This is really code for the Holy Spirit. The alarm that I'm talking about, that's the Holy Spirit telling you what it is you're supposed to do. I want to take 10 seconds, if you would. Just put your hand on your stomach for me right here. I want you to say, God, what are you saying? Speak to me right now. How many here? 
The reason why I have you do this is because God hides right here. And sometimes he'll speak in a still voice. And he speaks right here. And you feel you're supposed to do something that defies your logic. It defies your bank account. It defies your education. But God says, listen, if you listen to me and you follow my voice, I promise I won't lead you wrong. Don't allow your logic to get you out of what God has spoken into your spirit. There are certain things you're supposed to do right now. You does not, it doesn't matter if you have the money. Go in and put the application in. It doesn't matter if, if you have the finances. Go ahead and apply for the next semester of school. You think, oh, I, I'll never get that job. Go ahead and put in the application. Listen to what God is saying because he's speaking to you right now. Commandment number six, you get what you negotiate, not what you're worth. Oh, boy, yeah. You just think, oh, I'm just going to get what I'm worth and everything's going to be fine. No, you got to learn how to negotiate. And part of negotiation is identifying what's important to you. And when it comes time to negotiate, you go in there and say, hey, here's how I want to do what I believe I'm supposed to do. When I was negotiating a contract once, I wasn't just looking for money. I was looking for freedom. So when I negotiated, I said, hey, how do I reorient my schedule to do what God has called me to do as well as do what the job is calling me to do? You get what you negotiate. Some of you in your your marriages, and, and I don't mean to pick in your business, but some of you in your marriages, uh, you don't even like taking out the trash. You don't even like doing the dishes. But for years, you've been subject to it. Why? Because you have not negotiated it. Okay, I'm talking to somebody right now. You got to renegotiate your home life and say, wait a minute now. I'm tired of cooking, okay? I may cook on Monday and Tuesday, but the other days we want to order out or you're going to have to cook. You got to renegotiate it. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. It's not just about thinking you're going to get what you're worth. You must walk, uh, master the walk of fame. Commandment number seven. We were created to give praise, not receive it. No matter who you are, when you become successful, if people know who you are, you are successful, right? We all have a measure of fame. In order to navigate fame, you must know how to give praise back to God instead of receiving it. Your ego wants to take the praise you get, but we cannot handle praise. So every time we get praise, we have to know how to deflect it. This commandment is all about how you master notoriety. Number eight, your difference is your destiny. The thing that makes you different is the thing that is going to help you become successful in this life. Stop standing down the edges of your difference. Your difference is what's going to help you cut through industry. There is no other you than you. So stop trying to be the person that's next to you or the person that's on the other side of you and become the best version of you. Now, growing up, you know, in the church and even now, I stick out. For some church people, I'm too secular. For some secular folks, I'm too spiritual. But I say, well, bless your heart. I'm going to be everything God created me to be. And let me tell you something. I'm not going to sand down my edges. If anything, I'm going to get sharper. Why? Because the sharper I get, the stronger I can cut through. I don't know who I'm talking to right now but your difference is your destiny if you listen you need to be so committed to your difference when you go in your closet you may have somebody else's wardrobe in your closet you need to say I'm sorry I'm tired of dressing like somebody else I need to dress the way I'm called to dress and some of you are trying to you know package it and, and look all cute to other people listen if you need the purple hair do the purple hair come on somebody own your difference your amnesia is an asset oh boy here we go you need to master the art of forgetting. South, do you hear me? Central, do you hear me? North is not hearing me on this one. Do you hear me? <laughs> you got to master the art of forgetting. Too often, the reason why you're not where God called you to be is because you're stuck in a yesterday that you keep remembering that God has forgotten. You have to get where God is. God says, listen, if you've asked for forgiveness, I forgot it. So if he's forgotten it and forgiven you, why can't you forget and forgive yourself? 
too often you feel guilty over what you didn't do yesterday. Let me tell you, if you didn't do it yesterday, okay, you're alive today. What you going to do today? You have to own today. You know, sometimes we say, hey, I'm going to work out, right? Oh, you didn't work out. Well, okay, what am I going to do today? I'm, I'm alive today. I'm awake today. Amnesia is your asset. Start forgetting more. Stop holding on to yesterday. Who am I talking to? Who am I talking to? Stop holding on to yesterday. Because see here, people in your life are, are, are keen to point out what you did yesterday. Well, how are you going to do that? Because yesterday you didn't do such and such. And when they ask you and they try to put your past in your face, all you have to do is say, huh? Huh? What you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know what you're talking about because I have amnesia. I don't even remember what happened yesterday. I'm excited about what God is going to do today, and I'm preparing for tomorrow. I don't know who I'm talking to. <laughs> Commandment 10. Your world is smaller than you think. Too often you think you're so far away from success, and you're so far away from the people that you need or that you feel you need to be successful. So when you think of your world as so vast, you get depressed, you get down, you get anxiety because you say, God, how can I ever live out the fullness of my calling when there's no way of where I am, I can get to where I really want to be. The reason why I wrote this commandment is because, you know, we have this idea in the world that there are six degrees of separation. Anybody ever heard of that concept? That, that there are six degrees between any of us and any person we're trying to, to meet or any opportunity. But when you look at it through God's lens, there are not six degrees, there are zero degrees. I need you to know that God, he specializes that when you get on your purpose, when you operate in your calling, do you know what? You will be trying to network with people, but God says, stop trying to network. You just become the best version of who you are, and I'm going to send the people you need to you. You don't believe me? Check this. Anybody ever heard of Rick Warren? Purpose Driven Life? A few months ago, I was speaking at the Catalyst Convention, and, and, and I, you know, had a great talk, and afterwards, I'm doing a book signing. And at the back of the line, there's this big guy, and there's a couple guys around him. And I look up, I notice him, but I don't really say much, right? I'm like, oh, okay, who's that? And then as the line starts to get smaller, and the guy gets closer, I look and I say, that's Rick Warren. And I tell the people that are with me, I said, go get him. They went over to him. He said, no, you don't have to go get me. I want to wait until Devon's line goes down because I want to meet him. Now, mind you, I've been trying to network with Rick Warren for years. I tried to reach out to him, try to meet his people, and God kept shutting it down. Why? Because God said, stop trying to network. You just do what I've called you to do, and I'm going to bring the biggest voices on this earth to you because they're excited about what you're doing. I don't know who I'm talking to at Gateway right now, but somebody needs to know your world is smaller than you think. If you would just operate in your calling and operate in your purpose, the purpose, the purpose, the person you're trying to get a hold of, they're going to be trying to get a hold of you when God gets through with you. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but here's what I need you to do. If you have been convicted in your spirit that it's time for you to stop procrastinating, stop being lazy, and literally become everything God called you to be, I need you to stand right now, 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 and we got to close. Here's what I know. When when Moses came down with the Ten Commandments to the Israelites, God wanted them to have instruction for their success. We serve a God who cares about our success. He cares about your success. He doesn't want to see you struggle without being rewarded with success. So now that you are making this commitment, please do not be like the children of Israelite and ask to go back into the wilderness.
You do have a promised land, and I guarantee you, if you begin to pursue it, you will achieve it. Anybody ready for your promised land today? Anybody ready for your, don't you pray, patty cake your God. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would take your children to the promised land, that you would give them strategy and wisdom and knowledge, dear Lord, and that you would put a burning desire in their heart to never live less than, to stop being mediocre, and to pursue the greatness that has already been spoken over their life. I pray tomorrow when they go back on campus or they go into the job that the Holy Spirit would be with them and they would walk in uninvincible knowing that you have called them for such a time as this. If anybody receives this prayer, I ask you to say thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus give your God a hand praise hallelujah
God, thank you so much. For Devon, thank you for the inspiration he gave us today. God, just to remember that you have made each one of us unique. We're not all the same. We're not all going to do the same things. But you've uniquely created us to go into the world in the place you have us right now and to be bold and to use what you've given us and, and who you've made us to be and follow you. And our, our faith does not have to be against succeeding. It's how we succeed. And Lord, I pray that we would take what we've heard today and boldly move forward. And again, we thank you for just the inspiration today in Jesus' name. Amen.